Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 414. I went into the other room and added the new vial of medicine to the Flitz feeder. I was relieved to see they were still sipping at the medicated nectar. I had worried they might avoid it due to a change in flavor or some natural instinct for self-preservation. I also worried that lead might not be poisonous to Sipquicks. I worried they might take a span to show any ill effects, not mere days. I worried at the mare's rising temper. I worried at his illness. I worried at the possibility I might be wrong about everything I'd guessed. I returned to the mare's bedside and found him cradling the empty cup in his lap. I mixed a second cup similar to the first, and he drank it quickly. Then we sat in silence for a space of fifteen minutes or so. How do you feel, your grace? Better, he admitted grudgingly. I detected a slight dullness into his speech. Much better. That is probably the laudanum, I commented but your stomach should be settled by now. I picked up the flask of cod liver oil. Two good swallows, your grace. Is this really the only thing that will do? He asked distastefully. If I had access to the apothecaries near the university, I could find something more palatable. But at the moment, this is the only thing that can be done. Get me another cup of tea to wash it down with. He picked up the flask took two sips, and handed it back, his mouth turned down in a ghastly expression. I sighed internally. If you are going to sip it, we will be here all evening. Two solid swallows, the kind sailors use to drink cheap whiskey. He scowled. Don't speak to me as if I were a child. Then act the part of a man, I said harshly, stunning him to silence. Two swallows every four hours. That whole flask should be finished by tomorrow. His gray eyes narrowed dangerously. I would remind you who you are speaking to. I am speaking to a sick man who will not take his medicine, I said levelly. Anger smoldered behind his laudanum-dulled eyes. A pint of fish oil is not medicine, he hissed. It is a malicious and unreasonable request. It can't be done. I fixed him with my best withering stare and took the flask out of his hand. Without looking away, I drank the whole thing down. Swallow after swallow of the oil passed my gullet as I held the mare's eye. I watched his face shift from anger to disgusted then finally settle into an expression of muted... End of the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. My book is missing a period. Uh, The sentence reads, I was worried they might take a span to show any ill effects, not mere days. I worried at the mare's rising temper. There was no period in between there. I have the first edition. I imagine that's been corrected in later editions. It has been corrected in my edition, yes. Which means it's been corrected in mine, because mine is more recent than Jeremy's. This is a good moment of character growth for Quoth. <laughs> Try saying that ten times fast. Because he is starting to second-guess himself, right? He he has had enough experience of blazing ahead with 
his assumptions and then being wrong that now he started to think, oh, geez, maybe I'm wrong about some stuff. Maybe I have guessed incorrectly. He's not so willing to own up to his mistakes that he tells the mayor, uh, actually, maybe we should like put the kibosh in this for now because I'm not absolutely sure. Like he's he's come too far to, to stop now, but he's at least self-aware enough to know all the ways that he could be wrong because he's operating on guesswork. Speaking of his kind of second guessing, the way the second guessing is written on the page feels very, very much like what second guessing feels like in reality, where it's like, I'm worried about this thing, but I'm also worried about this thing. And I'm worried about this thing. And I'm worried about this thing. Yeah, he's like starting to panic a little bit, but he can't let the mirror know that. And the repetition is really, is a really good way to have that in writing. Because he could just say like, I worried about the mayor's rising temperature and the possibility that I might be wrong. But in but instead, it's I worried about that, and then I then another sentence I worried about. So it's the repetition. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like the rhetorical device of having it be uh, complete statements uh, with the repetition of I worried, I worried, I worried. That is like a good rhetorical tool to use. Really drives it home. Mm-hmm. And I think that choice has been made because Quoth's behavior in this scene needs to be very much in control and measured. So we need to get some glimpse of his inner life understand the many many layers of anxiety that he's working against because yes. his behavior is quite uh, calm and in control this is the kind of thing that having a first person narrative is really helpful for when you can juxtapose a character's internal life with their behavior like if if this scene was written in the third person and we just had the narrator describing quotes actions Uh, but we didn't get his internal life, or he didn't get what was going on in his head, the scene would read very differently to us. We'd be like, oh, Quoth is super calm and in control. He knows what he's doing. He's got it all figured out. But that happens sometimes, right? Like in this book, he often, not often, but occasionally, there will be whole scenes where we don't get a glimpse inside Quoth's head, and we don't understand how he feels about a situation. So there's been a very clear choice made here to let us in, Mm -hmm. both by Rothfuss and by Quoth, the narrator. Yes, indeed. And that's like, that's something that we mean when we talk about an unreliable narrator, because an unreliable narrator can be unreliable simply because you're just getting their perspective. But their perspective might not be like, factually accurate, right? Um, And they can choose what they like, because the narrator is a character, not an omnipotent God presence you the whole narrative is filtered through what this character thinks is important to think about and tell you and what they don't. I also want to point out that Quoth Quoth's stunting on the mare is a great flex. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> stunting? Yeah, when he just like when the mare is like y- no one can drink a pint of fish oil. That's disgusting. It can't be done. And Quoth doesn't say anything. He just does it, licks the glass clean and puts it down. That is a stunt. That is a flex. It is good, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this would work in real life. This is the sort of thing that, to me, feels more honest in a story. But then again, you know, I rarely have to use shame as a tactic in my day-to-day interactions. And I don't hobnob a lot of the time with uh, <laughs> with with nobility who you need to leverage shame over. Um. But this this strikes me as kind of the thing that would it works in a book and not so much in like a realistic capital R realism story. 
But it is a great flex. You know who I think it would work on in real life? A child throwing a tantrum. I don't know. Like, as a kid who really didn't like eating certain foods as a kid, if if someone, if I was like, no, it can't be done, I'd never eat that, and someone just ate it in front of me, I would... Like, I, I would be like, okay, cool. I'm still not eating it. Like, Yeah, same. I'd be like, sucker. Like, okay, yeah, like, great. Ah, thanks. You had to do it. <laughs> what if it was framed as like, you want to be a big baby? You big dumb baby. You can't eat the medicine, you baby. Because I feel like there's nothing that a kid hates more than being called a baby. You know, being, being called a child. Maybe, like, kids kids only read that kind of thing as being picked on. Kids don't really like get the nuance. They just think you're being mean when you do something like that. So like certainly reverse psychology might work. And I think it would depend on the kid, but in general, I think that kind of like that kind of prodding wouldn't really work. You'd just serve to drive the kid away. Hmm. Well, Quoth does give on the next page, a justification for why he uses this tactic on the mayor and why it works. I think, I think this tactic works better for adults. Because they understand the nuance. Quoth says specifically on the next page that prickling the pride of an aristocrat is a lot better than just using logic on them. And that's why it works on the mayor. Very good. I am out of notes. Alrighty. Should we carry on? My wayward son? Yes. There will be peace when we are done on tomorrow's page of... Of... The... The wind?